coming at you live from the heart of Lincoln, America. This is Old School, sponsored by the Mercado by Certified Piedmontese. Broadcasting veteran Derek Pearson. When you find something that moves them, that makes them smile, celebrate it. That's your task. That's your superpower. Nebraska Football Hall of Famer Jay Foreman. Rifles a pass. It was tipped. It's picked off by Foreman. He's at the 15, 10, 5. He'll score! On 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Hour number two of Old School. We've got a long night for you. We're going to go until 11 o'clock tonight. Mm. we got stuff to do. Uh, Sam Hoiberg is up next at 6 o'clock, and he is bringing in two big boys. It's our dude, Goggles. Willem Breidenbach will come on in the studio along with somebody that's actually taller than he is. Oleg Koyanets is coming in. Free uh, Oleg, baby. Yeah, Oleg. Let's hey, go get hey, it. Hey, NC State Oleg was the first one off the bench. That's what I'm talking Let's about. Let's get here. it. I'm like he I with this. Like I'm here for this. Uh, and I then Kyle Perry. Yeah, Kyle Perry from from baseball. Tell us about this run productive uh, preseason exhibition season they've had down there. Good stuff along with that. Uh, then we'll have uh, Rocky Russo from the Lincoln Stars. They're home this weekend. It's Princess Night, like Saturday night. So make plans. It's going to be bring your daughters, bring your sons, bring everybody. Get out to the icebox Saturday night. And then Chris Ramsey and Nico Schultz from uh, the Huskers track team will close the show for us as we get into the night. Uh, the Yankees lead it 5-1 uh, going into the sixth inning. So as they go, uh, 402-464-5685. Start a hammer text on Honda Lincoln Hotline if you want to join in. And, of course, you can follow on the Sarder Hammond video stream, Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, and Twitter. Jay Foreman, Husker Hall of Famer, let him know. The Mercado Certified Piedmontese and Special Ingredients, ingredients and Butcher Shop, 84th and Havelock. Uh, great appetizer menu, entree menu, dessert menu. Always give props to the strawberry sorbet. And I can also tell you uh, I uh, devoured a tomahawk. So tomahawk. if you ever want to treat tomahawk. yourself or treat your family <laughs> – uh, more than three or four people can definitely take take down that tomahawk. See, so then you say, look, if you've got a birthday coming up, anniversary coming up, yeah. any occasion, you know, the it, 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 the atmosphere is good for any occasion. Not too dressy, obviously. Just mm-hmm. you know, I guess business casual can't speak for him, but definitely think that you you know fit you fit right in. And uh, great service, great people, great atmosphere. Um, you know, it's it's been you know I remember when it was first kind of talked about, and I think it's lived up to the to the billing and then some. Through current news today, the Huskers women's basketball team will head into preseason ranked number 22. Number 22, and that's even after Sam Hybe and her injury. Jay Foreman, man, look, come on. that That's still a group, right? That is a team that can make a legitimate run. In the yeah, they, I think uh, last year was a learning experience for them. Um, obviously without Hybe coming back, but they got majority of their, their, their uh, pieces coming back. I think they were able to, um, you know, through some of the turmoil and, you know, Hybe being hurt some, you had some players step up that they normally weren't expecting to step up to the magnitude, which is going to bode well for this year because the experience of what they had last year. And they also realized how close they were. When you think of a team like Iowa, the, the, the then went in the Big Ten, but then the run that they've been on, essentially, especially that game up at Iowa, they felt like, you know, that essentially was handed to them on the platter by the refs. 
um, and also let one slip away when they played them here. So um, they're measuring themselves off the, you know, the top upper echelon of the Big Ten. But also I think they know that they're humble enough that, uh, you know, they got to get after it. And they understand that the way that they were able to be successful last year can't change just because people are noticed. You know, I think, you know, every week it was like, when are they going to get ranked? When are they going to get When are they going to ranked? And they finally get ranked. And then, uh, you know, when I think the, the learning experience of the tournament, understanding the magnitude of every possession is invaluable for this team this year. And, um, um, you know, the way it looks is everybody's went back to work and worked on their, you know, try to work on their weaknesses and become a better team. So I'm excited to watch them play. They're fun to watch, mm-hmm. number one. Yeah. Well coached. And um, it's good for the, you know, it's a good starting place for them. But I'm sure they're shooting to be up a little bit higher. Uh, when the Big Ten regular season uh, ends, they're shooting to be higher than what they're ranked at right now. We're going to switch gears because every now and then in the NFL, a thing happens that created, creates a seismic shift in how business is being done. So the recent rumors about Daniel Snyder and the Washington <laughs> Commanders. They, and well, today, they, 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 they got owners meet today. And then they, 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 they didn't you, want to. You heard what Ursay said. Ursay <laughs> jumped out there. I see you, Ursay. You know, he jumped out there and said, man, you know, we got we got grounds to get rid of this cat. You know, Ursay <laughs> has nothing to hide. I'll tell you that. Right. Yeah, yeah. He's got nothing that, to hide. And, and that's what the thing is. Like, you the dude up here trying to judge somebody? <laughs> honor among thieves, man. It is just this. That's when you know it's bad. <laughs> That's when you know. And really, to That's be honest with you, gang, gang. Right I think there. I think once once people, if it's true that he hired a private investigator to follow the owners, and I mean that's just probably a a step too far. It's a step too far because he still got Jerry Jones in his back pocket. So that means you got it. That means if there's thirty two teams, you at least got close to what you need not to get voted out now 25 is is 25 the number 24 24 so he needs he needs nine he needs to keep he nine need to people nine. close to it yeah well so we know what number of investigators he has <laughs> well he said he had six or six or seven well then you can't count himself because he's already been out there right and some and you don't know, have to investigate because everything's yeah, already out Jerry there Jones. so he, he's that's why he's sitting up there like a boss he's like i already got everybody and i got this in the bag Come on, Shield. Like, that's just – like, the NFL's got to be – like, Goodell's got to be just going, come on, really? Like, yeah, but then it's like uh, they said uh, – well, according to the reports is that he got all the names off the report that the NFL did. So, they obviously didn't white out the names. So which they were supposed much, to. So, pretty much you just gave him a list of people that he can just mess with. Hit list. Like, yeah, hit, or like a tip sheet. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm I, sure, and you know, to be honest with you, if it's some of the stories are true, I'm sure if they're put on paper, he can like, oh, I know, I know who that is. You know what I'm saying? So I think it's it all started with all them emails and John Gruden, and I still don't think we've heard the last of him. No, of course not. He's sitting, laying in wait because he'll get the job he wants. No, he's the, waiting for them checks to finish clearing, and yeah. then he'll come back and he'll. I he'll mean, look, coach look, again. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, 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 people were talking about hiring Urban Meyer. Like, this year. Mm-hmm. Like, they still might. Like, this community. Mm-hmm. <laughs> simple, simple, and then was Ur- Urban Meyer or, or, or Bust. Day one, yeah. Day one. Within just... hours. Sunday night, Urban Meyer was a guy. Everybody always said, well, we seen him at High V. He was at the post office. He was, he was at High Everybody <laughs> would say you always see the coach that – because they remember when Jim Trestle, they were like, oh, Jim Trestle was in town. He was at Hy-Vee. It's a foregone conclusion. 
Everybody always sees well, Urban Meyer. The thing Meyer. was, too, is that Urban Meyer was here because they had the Fox Big Noon kickoff. Yeah. Who <laughs> came here? Yes, he is here. He interviewed for the job, too. Yeah, but nobody said who else was here and who else from the Big Ten Network was here and didn't get the job mm-hmm. offer, which is just bananas. I, I, I find it all. Um, I did uh, uh, Locked on Huskers today for tomorrow, and that was the discussion about coaching. And, and I said, I – Nebraska has its coach, and I'm not going to spend time. Spe- it all kind of depends with the, you know, who's who, who's making decisions and and what they're looking for, you know, moving forward. Um, I just think it's it's going to have to be. It's not just you're not just hiring a coach. You're you're hiring, you know, you got to get everything in, in line. You know, learn from this year. Understand how you got to win at the Big Ten in the Big Ten. How you need to recruit. How you need to develop, and then how you're going to systematically recruit those players and get them on your roster. And then once you get them on your roster, continue to make them better or set them up to, you know, be better, so forth and so on. So, I mean, it's it's a tall task, but I always say that's why they get paid handsomely. And that's why I don't really, you know, I'm not trying to hear you complain about it. Yeah, I don't do the speculation thing. It's just too much. Well, it's, it's too early. we got a ton much. of season left. Yeah, well, that's the part. Like, you're in the middle of a brawl, and you got somebody on, on the corner talking about, well, if you don't win – uh, I'm gonna have a new girlfriend by the time you walk out of it. That's just disrespectful. I want to see how they're gonna play. I'm, <laughs> like I said, I'm, it's, it's weird. You're encouraged. I mean, when you're looking at the stats here, Purdue had 38 first downs. We had 15. They had 217 yards rushing. They almost doubled up our rushing. You know, they averaged a yard yard more per carry rushing, which is weird because it seemed like we couldn't run anything. Right. Um, they threw for 400 yards. We threw for pretty much 400 yards. They had 600 yards of offense. We had 475, but we had half the plays. You know, I'm look. I'm more looking at that. You know, they had they held the ball for time of possession for pretty much 45 minutes of the game. Um, 37 points in 51 plays. Yeah, and and you know, so you know, you're trying to find out like, okay, how can we, you know, pull this game out? There's different ways. I think you know, you look start. Then you go look at third down conversion. Produce 50 percent. We're 33 percent. That's the definite. go to that fourth fourth down though. Well, they're two for two, but one of them was fourth and one, and we ran right past the quarterback. Fourth down is – you can't really learn a lot. I mean, you that's the, the tell-all is 9 out of 18, and they had the ball for 13 minutes in the fourth quarter. 13 so, minutes. So they were able to play small ball, punch us in the face. And so that's where you want to get better. And, you know, because red zone scores, we were 4 for 4. Um, they were 6 for 7. So, you know, it was, a, it was a little bit of a track meet. So I think where we need to look at is just kind of like, – that's what I'm focusing on. Everything else will take care of itself. They, this team continues to prove and play well and beat some teams that maybe that right now people aren't thinking they can beat. Conversation's already done. And are they? And, are they better? Is this team better prepared now than they were four weeks ago? I think so. I think they were. I, I think they were prepared for Purdue. I think they. I think the inexperience and the, and the lack of continuity through injury and just kind of, you know, if you're looking off and shuffling guys and stuff like that, it was is what's kind of got him. I think the football acumen and being a, you know, I, I'm, I'm looking, if I was down there, I think the simplicity helped. Obviously in the first two weeks after the bye week, we'll continue to do that. I think it helped at times against Purdue, but then also I want to challenge you to do more as well, because in order to beat a team like Purdue or like maybe beat a team like, you know, Illinois and Minnesota. That's Cause Purdue's gonna, a good football team. Right. But in order to beat them because their style is so different, right. Mm-hmm. You know, 
um, you're gonna. I need to. I need to push you more mentally to get you to execute maybe higher level defenses. Just the basics. Because if you do the basics, you'll get, you know, kind of diced up. So, and then when the run game, can I? Where where can we get you mentally and physically and spiritually to understand that we are? It's going to be a full fledged brawl street. It's going to be extremely physical game. Illinois is gonna. They're gonna. They're gonna pack their offense. They're gonna pack their defense, and they're gonna play with an edge. I talked about how when the when the guy hit the Minnesota Gophers quarterback, it, you know it's probably close. It's probably you know I'm all for playing through the echo of the whistle. It's probably a dirty play because the intent looked like it was there. Yeah, I don't. I guess everything's fair when you're in there. So you, what that tells me though, they're playing with an edge and they're playing for trying to be for a bigger purpose. They're trying to make their mark in the Big Ten West. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's kind of like Ben Brett Bielema's re- revenge tour. They they went up to Wisconsin. And beat their big brother at their own game. I mean, and beat those guys up, right? So much to the point that they fired their coach. Then they, then he used to play and coach at Iowa. You know what I mean? He beat them up pretty well in an ugly game, low scoring game, defensive battle. So they figured like we can play any way you want. We Tech. can score forty points up there in Madison, or we can get into where it's like a single score game and beat up Iowa, where a team that's kind of been, you know, the you know the bell cow of the Big Ten West. So they, they're showing what they, they're capable of right now. From the text one, says, let's not put Purdue on a pedestal. Pump the brake, fella. No. Why? They're 6-1. and one. Like They're 6-1. Oh, they're oh, six I'm not, and one. I'm not putting them on they're a They're the first team not ranked. They're right. the 26th team in the country. 6-1. Right. Right. Yeah, Look, I'm not, I'm what not. would we do? What would we all be willing to sacrifice to be 6-1 and one right now? I, I mean, I'm giving them the respect. I'm not putting yeah. them on a pedestal. They're a well-coached team. What they do – is so different than normally what everybody else does. But what they do is so simple. Sometimes they, they get you to get in your own way. They force you to do things that you don't normally have to do. And what you and when you have a young, lot of young guys that aren't veterans, that's is what can happen. You got to communicate. You got to be clear. You can't, you know, just like in the, in the resident, you can't have any, there's no guesswork. You got to know your anticipation has to be really good. Your footwork and fundamentals have to be good. Your lane integrity as far as like, Who's the who's the force player? Who's the alley player? Who's the overlap player? That has to be good in all forms or fashion because for, in order for them to run the ball to the clip that they ran, they have to formation you and number you to death. They aren't they aren't good enough to just line up and just beat you up, right? But with the, how they do it is because they they and they're well coached in this. There's for as many motions and shifts and shifts and then you know motion across. You know you don't see a lot of false starts, you know, misalignments and stuff like that. So they're well coached in it, and that's how they're able to run these concepts or plays and then be effective. And Aiden O'Connell be a guy that starts to kind of put the ball where he needs to. That's where it's at. So, And then also what they do is they once they start to kind of bleed you, then it'll mess up your time on some of your timing on blitzes. So when you want to heat them up, you're not getting home because you're guessing, right? But that comes down to communication, com- continuity, and experience. And so that's where – this bye week is huge, even though you're playing a totally different team coming out of the bye week. It's still the same thing, except for Illinois is going to test you differently. They're going to test you. Can you answer the bell in the fight for 60, 70 plays and not give up a big run and be willing to hit Brown however many times you need to? Are you going to be the guy that's going to be able to set the edge, play football, set the edge, play football, set the edge, play football, wrong arm it, and then still play football that one time. Because that one time that you have to do something you haven't been doing all, all game, you, there can't be any guesswork. And then that's where they try to hit you. And so that's where they've been really good. And they've opened up their offense a little bit. DeVito's playing pretty pretty good. Their defense is salty. Um, 
Their defensive line is playing real well. How would you compare O'Connell and DeVito? They're kind of the same. Um, right, right? Like, but I think o- O'Connell is really good in, in Purdue's system. DeVito's um, better with his feet than yeah, O'Connell is. But he's hurt. So yeah. I think, But I, I tell you this. Purdue is one Aiden O'Connell out of nowhere ankle sprain for their season to be done. DeVito, I think, you know, him being going down, I think Illinois is more prepared for that because they've added some things to their offense besides just running, running the game. They've got Williams over there. they got Williams. They add their tight – they do a little bit more tight end stuff and they can kind of do some screens and stuff like that. And they have different types of backs, even though Brown is the guy who's leading the nation in in rushing. Yeah, when I start to look at Illinois, it becomes a Bielma thing pretty quickly that he's managed to put people in place to do what they do best consistently. Well, again, he's he's well. When you take over a team, right? He took over a team with a lot of young talent, and and they were proven too, because Brown and Brown is the two brothers were productive players before he got there. Okay, under Lovey Smith, you know the only thing is they had the Larry Zonka dude that when they were here when when McCaffrey started and he and he pitched the ball to nobody in the first play of game, and they had the turnover. That was that was kind of the the coming out party and the going away party of, of uh, Luke McCaffrey or whoever it was that was here, you know, that was, you know, playing quarterback. So, and then their punter, I think, remember he had the fake punt and looked like he didn't want to run. Then he didn't ran. want to run, then got then it, ran. Got the first had, down, then didn't want to run for another 10, then finally took the 20. That, that was his, yeah, he passed his conditioner test all in one, one time on the game. Man. So, I think <laughs> Brett Bielman knows how to coach within the Big Ten. He And I think the learning lessons that he learned from – coaching at Arkansas, then going to New England, you know what I'm saying, and learning a little bit away or a little bit from Belichick how to adjust without giving up your identity and then bring it to Illinois where you have some established players, right, established really good players. Um, and then been a- they've done really well in the transfer portal, and then they've hit on some other positions, and then you get a quarterback in there, you know, DeVito, that, that's, um, you know, barely got beat out. I think he was at, what, Syracuse before? Syracuse, uh, Syracuse, yeah. where he was the starter, then he got injured, then he kind of just barely got beat out. So you have a guy that's experienced to come in and kind of run your, you know, low-risk type of offense. And then as DeVito's gotten better, the offense has gotten more explosive. And I think Williams was a quarterback, then he moves to receiver. So now you take – so he was kind of like the RPO guy. Mm-hmm. Now you put him in a position where he's ex- he's getting a lot of uh, volume, right, from a playmaking standpoint. And so he was able to kind of piece together his roster, then flip it, their defensive coordinator is a young and up-and-coming uh, defensive coordinator, very, very aggressive, that's tailored to the back end of their defense and the front of their defense. So the tempo setters is the defensive line, the thumpers and all that stuff, and the guys that kind of can do multiple things are either safeties and kind of the nickel. So they, they've kind of married to their roster, but it wasn't easy because you got to think just last year, um, Brett Bielmo had that interview, I don't know what it was, where he was talking about the offensive line that he inherited. And everybody was took it that he didn't believe yeah. it, but just magically, in a week later, they went to Penn State and, and upset Penn State with the same offensive line. And I think that was the turning point um, for that program, you know, well to where they're at right now, where you had turmoil, right, or adversity. He he got up there, you know, whether he you know fell on a sword or whatever, mm-hmm. he found a way to get the focus back to what the focus needs to be. They went into a hostile environment, regardless of what Penn State was last year. Nobody would have thought they would have went in there and won that ugly game, and they won ugly. That's a team bonding game. 
kind of finished the season on a on a high note and then went into the off season and recruited to what you know he felt like is the Illinois way they they've uh I heard him say where they've kind of and I know um their AD well where they've kind of accentuated their NIL stuff to kind of be within their you know their wheelhouse which has really helped in recruiting and then by the way that they've went about practicing they've had some young players that develop and so the 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 young guys that have came in they've kind of just been able to come in and not having to be the true starters they're kind of like you know add on and that's where you see like where they have a young freshman he's got what three or four sacks it's easy to come in when you're third or fourth on the pecking order in the you know say front seven versus all right you're coming from high school and you got to be that guy it's totally different can, can illinois be elite in the big 10 conference if they keep winning like this, I mean, they're going to get people, a lot more people to go there. I mean, they're, well, they I assume, coach. They, I, I assume coach. they're always going to be able to re- tote the pill. So you think they're always going to have a running back. Um, now, will they be at the clip? That, I mean, I think a lot depends on how this year goes because you start running into people that get get off early against your running attack, get an injury or two, then we'll see where you're at. But I think they'll always be competitive. I think they'll, I mean, because I think that's the way they'll coach. Now, what'll happen? It'll be interesting to see is after this year, do they start losing some coaches? That will because see, and players at, in the middle of their depth chart. Well, sure, because that's where the, that's where. So if they say their defensive coordinator goes and there's transfer portal opportunities, he's going to go with known entities. That doesn't mean because Nate's not starting doesn't mean that Nate can't play. It's like, well, maybe you have DP ahead of you, and then you kind of played a little bit. Well, DP's still there, right? Say DP has two years. Well, Nate can go with the D coordinator or defensive back coach and become an instant starter. So we'll see what happens as success, you know, how it, you know, hurts them. It'll be interesting to see how they deal with um, two weeks of success, which is you got a whole week of everybody patting you on the back. Everywhere they go on campus, you're the, you know, everybody's talking about that. You got a ton of interviews, probably opportunities, obligations, distractions. And then you got to go and play a, a you know a primetime game, which is either going to be on I think ESPN or one of the other ones at two thirty, um, and so a lot comes with that as well. So the pregame stuff is also a lot, and and they are the ranked team, so they're going to have more people and more distractions than say Nebraska, and so um, you know they're right for the picking. And I think you know you know I think it's going to come down to Nebraska playing well on first and second down against the run. Um, I envision Illinois is going to come in and probably try to have a controlled passing game in first and second down to kind of soften you up. But we cannot allow a big gasher um, on a continuous basis. We got to do a really good job of yards after contact because big explosive it, plays in the run game as well. Because yeah. I mean, in, in the run game, yeah. I think we'll be fine. In, I think we we should be fine in the pass game because I don't really think they'll throw. That, well, I, I don't think they have a lot of over the top stuff, but. I think being able to be steady yards after contact is huge. So what that does is the same things that Purdue kind of, you know, got, you know, got off on us on, we have to remedy and it's just in a different way. Right. So Purdue, or so like if we, we don't line up correctly. Of course, Illinois going to run to where there's the least amount of numbers. Right. But that's been the playbook against Nebraska, but they'll do it a different way. They're going to punch you dead in your face though. <laughs> that's the just difference. overload instead of well, being no, they, but, it. but when they hit you though they're they gonna punch you in your face though yeah. so whereas purdue they kind of like ah, i got you oh yeah yeah we flipped the running back over you guys stayed still well that's why we tossed it there's another guy over there you can't get there just by physics so 
you know, I think it's good opportunity for guys. I think also it's a good opportunity. I, think, I imagine that uh, defensive coaches will have some adjustments for it as well. There's going to be a lot of interesting talk over the course of the bye week and then the, the lead-up week. We'll throw it a break when we come back. Uh, to, you know, give an update on this Major League Game 5 and then preview tonight's Game 1 in San Diego. we got more baseball today. We'll talk about that. In the NBA back. tonight, baby. Watch Old School Live on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitch. Old School with DP and J on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. 